This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. Canadians gathered at cenotaphs and monuments outside Old City Hall in Toronto, civic centers in East York, York, Etobicoke, Scarborough, Queen's Park, to remember, reflect, respect the more than 2.3 million Canadians who've served, the more than 118,000 who've paid the ultimate price for us, for you, those we knew as family, friends, those we never did, but are, and should be, forever grateful for their sacrifice, for their service. Good afternoon. I'm in for Libby Zneimer. On this day, you're invited to call in, share memories about loved ones who've served this country and war. Maybe you're a veteran and would like to talk about your experiences. Just yesterday, two World War II vets joined guest host Jane Brown, 102-year-old Jack Rind, and Honorary Lieutenant Governor Richard Romer. So, did you happen to attend a ceremony about an hour ago? This year marked a full return to normal in three years. Your thoughts? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And let's go to Terry in Mississauga. Welcome, Terry. Uh, Yes, uh, I'm calling about uh, Bill 124. Uh, That's the one uh, that was sent uh, to the Supreme Court and uh, turned down by the Supreme Court. And it came back to Queen's Park, and they used the notwithstanding clause. And today is the perfect day to bring that up, lest we forget. And it has to do with the fact that they're trying to take away rights that we have, and that is not what those soldiers fought for. And that is pretty well all I can say. Lest we forget, and I often wonder... What someone is that's thinking the way they do is so hypocritical. Thank you very much. Terry, thank you very much. Let's go to Margot in York. So is that in uh, oh, in, in, in York? Old, where are you, in York region or in uh, no, no, York no, in Toronto? No, no, York in Toronto. Gobbled up in the amalgam mess. <laughs> uh, the amalgam Well, well, uh, well put. I haven't heard that one. I thought I've heard everything, but not that one. Anyway, go ahead, Margot. Seriously, well, I'm a, um, a peacetime veteran. I was in the Royal Canadian Navy from 1968 to 1971, and although it was quote unquote active service, it wasn't conflict service. And it's a very difficult thing uh, when people find out and they say, "Oh, thank you for your service," and I think. No, that goes to the people who actually had to put their life in the line. It doesn't go to service people like us, and it's almost embarrassing. And for years, I never told anybody I was a veteran. New people didn't know because I didn't want them saying that kind of stuff stuff to me because I felt it belonged to the people who'd actually been in conflict. 
So it's, it's kind of a tough place. And I, I spoke to a man who was a veteran of the Portuguese Navy, and he did exactly the same thing. We just sort of both mentioned it and hadn't known all this time that we were both veterans because we both felt almost like imposters. So it's just an interesting place to put people who are peacetime veterans. I don't know if others feel like that uh, or not, but it certainly has been something for me to have to not grapple with, but to explain to people, you know, they say, thank you for your service. And I'm immediately saying, oh, I'm peacetime, peacetime veteran. You know, like I don't deserve that sort of thing. And I don't know that we do actually. I, so I, just, I can I can see your thoughts and uh, your colleagues' thoughts there, and those might be shared by others, and they're welcome to call in and share them if they do. But let's take the other side of the coin. The fact that you did what you did, even though you didn't actually, quote unquote, serve, but you, you know, you bellied up to the bar to do so if called upon. So I think that's what people are also thanking you for, that you at least put that foot forward to do so if a situation arose that that called for it you were there whereas many weren't well yeah i didn't have to you didn't have to train me i was already trained you know i think the biggest thing that i did you know in 1968 they still didn't want women in this the service we still had world war ii and korean vets who thought that we were taking up their shore posts but i managed to break through and instead of being in an administrative position i got to work in radar and that was new for women. We were allowed to do that trade, you know. So I sort of look at my services breaking down a few of those barriers for women. Good for and you. Not so much for, you know, for a war effort. But anyhow, I just thought I'd mention that because I don't know if other people have felt the same way, but it was it's kind of a difficult thing, especially on a day like this. Okay, Margo, thanks for sharing. And if anyone else cares to, 416-360-0740. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Linda in Scarborough, welcome. Thank go, you. Go ahead, Linda. Okay, so I want to talk about my dad. Um, he was only eighteen years old when he signed up for the army in nineteen forty one, and he was with the Signal Corps and installed telephone lines in England, France, Holland, and Germany until the end of the war. And according to my mother, he was very traumatized by the war and had nightmares. He didn't like to talk about it um, with us until in his later years when he had Alzheimer's. Um, He became a member of the Legion for 60 years and really enjoyed the annual veteran dinners. And it wasn't until he was in his 80s that he shared with me that he had tinnitus or ringing in his ears. And that was a result of firing off the guns and not having any uh, protection to cover his ears. So I covered, I, I contacted uh, Veteran Affairs and was told that he was entitled to a pension and benefits. And he was also given an allowance uh, to hire people to look after cleaning inside his home and outside maintenance. And uh, also, when my father went into a nursing home, Veteran Affairs covered some of the costs for him as well. So my parents were very grateful for this assistance, and I really just wanted to mention this in case there were any veterans or family members uh, uh, who could actually reach out and might be eligible for assistance. Okay, Linda, well, thank you for that. Out of curiosity, did you happen to... uh attend a service today or or not? Uh, no, I didn't, but I, I did watch it on TV. I, I 
find it very emotional. Okay. I didn't want to put you on the spot saying, you know, there's no, there's no right answer, wrong answer. Uh, at least you did what you, uh, what you did, which is also what we did here in the, the newsroom at Zoomer Radio as well. Being uh, at work, we, we observed, we stopped for that moment and, uh, uh, we took uh, took it upon ourselves to be quiet and reflect, uh, just like a, a lot of people listening and a lot of people across this country. So, Linda and Scarborough, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye now. Harry in Lindsay, welcome. How are you doing? Good, you? I'm good. Um, back in February when they had the protest in Ottawa, there was a lady that unfortunately danced on the tomb of the unknown soldier. And I think they know who it is. I just like to hopefully that maybe uh, some veterans would call in and I'd like to know what that kind of a display has done to them for all the stuff they've done for us like she should have come she should be uh, have to speak to some of these veterans mm-hmm. and explain her actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure if some veterans uh, would care to comment, I don't know uh how many of those words we might have to Censor, if you know what I mean. Yes, I'm sir. sure there'd be some choice language uh, uh, being aimed at the individual. I'm, I know, you know, like we've all done stupid things, but uh, at our age, we knew there used to be a consequence. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem to be that way today. So, so did you? Uh, how did you observe today, Harry? Same, I was over it? at the uh, cenotaph here in Lindsay. And... What was the turnout like? Oh, there was, well, the weather was excellent, beautiful, a uh, lot of people, and uh, it was very good. Yeah. So Compared to some days when we're there, it uh, was kind of a pleasure to have the nice weather. The yeah. rain, it's just starting to rain here now, but it didn't rain when it was on, so. Yeah, it was not here in Toronto, from what I could tell, just uh, watching it on, on TV, because here in Liberty Village, a few kilometers away, it's it's damp now, but it's not like uh, it was a washout or umbrellas no, no. were popping up yeah. or anything like yeah. that. We were all hoping for that. Hoping for the weather to stay good. Well, you know, what we've had, you know. No, exactly. I'm just curious. You say a pretty decent turnout in that. Um, just curious in terms of poppies and masks, given we're still sort of in that COVID uh, uh, period. A lot of what poppies, you... but there were a few with some with masks, but I wouldn't say, well, it wasn't shoulder to shoulder like you could mm-hmm. spread out on the main street and stuff, so you didn't have to be as concerned really tight to somebody, but. Uh, no, I, everybody's aware of that. And I think the war going on now has touched us all. So we think about those poor people that have lost everything. And You're talking about the one now that's yes, raging that's on over on, in yeah. Ukraine there yeah, as well. So because a lot of us uh, at my age, born in 1950, we I didn't go through the war. Mm-hmm. But when you see some of these other wars now, they're kind of letting us see what other people had to go through when those wars were on. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Exactly. So, but Harry and Lindsay, thanks for, for calling up and uh, for sharing and for your contributions here today. It's what makes this uh, a free-for-all is for, for everyone to uh, to chime in and give us their two cents worth or whatever inflation puts it at these days. So, Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Linda and Hamilton, welcome. Hello. Yeah. Hi there. Hi. Go ahead. You're on the air. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, my name is Linda. I'm in Hamilton. And if we hadn't had a Second World War, I wouldn't be here. My dad was Canadian, but he enlisted in the RAF. 
in 41, and he met my mom, and they had me, and then we came home on a troop ship before the end of the war, but we all came home together. Well, one of the, one of the shall we call it the, the silver lining in a terrible situation, so. Absolutely. So I did listen to your, to the Zoomer, um, 11 o'clock, um, I guess they had the last post, mm-hmm. the moment of silence, mm-hmm. and then Robbie's um, program had a lot of the war songs, the songs mm-hmm. that were popular during the Second World War. A- any of those resonate with you? Oh, <laughs> uh, White Cliffs of Dover. Mm-hmm. Yes. That one always gets you? Uh, yes, it does. That and uh, we'll, uh, we'll meet again, I guess, with Berlin. But the White Cliffs of Dover just reminds me that that was where I was from. I was from the south part of England. Uh, did your father share any stories or too traumatized to, to really want to go back and relive any of those moments outside of maybe in his own mind and within himself, but uh, wasn't, I don't wasn't the one was, to share? Yeah, I don't think he was. He may have been traumatized. It didn't show us that. He died fairly young. Uh, But he never talked about the war, um, except when he married my mom. Like, that was during the war, obviously. Mm -hmm. But that was the only thing he talked about. He never talked about being a navigator and flying over France and wherever. That's something, um, at least not with you, maybe with your mom, but not with you. Maybe with my mother, although she didn't tell us that he did either. That's right. She may have known. She may have just known because... You know, mm-hmm. she was there during the war with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, I just thought I'd pass it on that war is awful, but it does have some um, bright spots. Yeah, well, in uh, Linda's case in Hamilton, it uh, surely did. So anyway, at least a, a little bit of a, a smile on, on your face today for, for other reasons, but uh, a somber occasion, generally speaking. And thank you for... Uh, for being part of the experience here today. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Just wondering at uh, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Did you happen to attend a ceremony? We heard uh, from one of our listeners there in Lindsay explaining uh, their experience. Maybe you'd uh, care to share your experience, whether it was in Toronto, East York, York, Scarborough, Etobicoke, wherever, Halton Region, Peel, Durham. I don't know if we've left anything out, anybody. I don't think we have. Did you attend a ceremony? Because this year marked a full return to normal for the first time in three years. So just wondering if maybe you were out, what you noticed, why you make this an occasion that you simply cannot miss and reasons for that. Maybe you're a veteran from the second world war and would care to share your story. We'd love to hear it. Give us a call. Bob Comsick sitting in for Libby's Nimer. You are listening to Zuma radios fight back free for all Friday. We'll be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on Zuma radio heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like. 
as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. Welcome back. Bob Comsick in for Libby Snymer. Uh, a personal observation. I'm not sure if there are more, fewer, or maybe the same number wearing poppies. Cannot say if there are fewer young people wearing them either, even those who are. Do they know what they're commemorating? Your thoughts on whether schools are doing a good enough job teaching the lessons of our past? Maybe you're an educator, a vet, a student. What do you think? Weigh in. Be part of the conversation. Let's make it a conversation. That's much better than uh, we understand it's a day for reflection, but share those reflections with us if you could. 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Daryl in Toronto, welcome. Hi there. How are you doing? Good, yourself. I'm doing okay. Um, I've, I've got uh, a song I wanted to suggest. It's not on your usual playlist, or people might be able to go and look it up. It's by Pink Floyd. It's off their album, The Final Dream, uh, The Final Cut, and it's called The Gunner's Dream. And it's it's about Remembrance Day. It's a very profound, vocative song. Um, I've got the lyrics here if you want to hear some of them. Well, you can share a little bit here, I, and I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to have you sing, so don't worry. It's not karaoke well, I Friday. I don't want to injure anyone anyway. Well, no. <laughs> Appreciate but, uh, that. Thank you. Uh, okay, well, really quick. Uh, it's hard to read because it's small. Ones. Okay. Floating down through the clouds, memories come rushing up to meet me now. In the space between the heavens and the corner of some foreign field, I had a dream. I had a dream. Goodbye, Max. Goodbye, Ma. After the service, when you're walking slowly to the car, and the silver in her hair shines in the cold November air, you hear the tolling bell and touch the silk in your lapel. Oh, sorry, it's just really small letters to hear. Um, no, no, that's fine. We no, that's. I think that gives us all a sense of. Uh, and well, it's probably the important part. The, the Gunner's dream is a place to stay, enough to eat. Somewhere old heroes shuffle slowly down, safely down the street, where you can speak out loud about your doubts and fears, uh, and where. Sorry, it's just it's really small. That's, no, that's fine. I think I think we get the sense. We get the sense, Daryl. Thank you for for that and. Just you reading it, I think, uh, and I know I was making light of it saying, uh, please don't sing it, but seriously, just you reading it, the words themselves, uh, I think it, uh, they definitely do get people to, uh, to think and to, uh, reflect. So thank you for relaying the, the lyrics there from, uh, from Pink okay, Floyd's yeah. Gunner's, Gunner's Dream. Gunner's so. Dream yep. from Pink Floyd's The right. Final Cut, and everyone should hear it. It should be a standard Remembrance Day song. All right. Aside from, uh, aside from sharing that, anything else on Remembrance Day, uh, maybe personally, be it family, friends? Yeah, not too particular. Um, you know, my father was in the Navy during the war, and uh, so, you know, I have regard. And uh, just uh, 
got to fight to keep this world the way it should be. Did dad, did your dad uh, share stories at all with you or was he? Not too much. He was on convoys going back and forth across, uh, across the Atlantic. So I think he really saw too much action in that sense. But, uh, he's there. Okay. To everyone who served and, and to that lady who said, you know, she wasn't fighting or whatever. And she feels a little ashamed to admit that she's a veteran, but you know, um, she took up the flag as others had to set it down. That's right. That's right. At least, at least she put her hand up, whereas uh, others yeah, yeah. did not. Right? She carried the banner, and you know, if she was called upon, I'm sure she'd have been there. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. Uh, there's no reason to believe uh, she wouldn't if that's yeah. what she signed up, signed up for. Right? That's right. Well, okay. All right. Feel, you know, she got lucky, and there wasn't a war. Yeah. Okay. Daryl. Everyone, be well. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I know we were taking little jabs at you there, but seriously, all kidding aside, thank you for uh, for being part of it. Barry in North York, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Barry. Oh, you're welcome, Bob. Um, as usual, you're doing a good job. You have a very good, caring personality for this job. It's perfect for it. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're what welcome. would you care to uh, share and with Darryl, us? Daryl, thank you for that. That was really good. Um, when you said that there's a song that resonates with you, uh, the one that resonates with me is the one I heard on the Larry Jackson show on Saturday. It's called The Band Played, uh, and the band played um, Walsy Matilda. And it's about uh, <clears throat> it's a description of the Gallipoli uh, massacre, and it is so dramatic and stark, and wow, it really paints a perfect picture of the horrors of war. Okay. Anything uh, else on this Remembrance uh, Day uh, that you'd like to share, whether it's something you you saw, some stories that were shared, uh, thoughts? I, I really love the interview that Jane, she did a great interview yesterday with those two people, the 102-year-old man. Jack Rind. And, yeah. Jack Rind and uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Richard Romer, honorary Lieutenant Governor yeah. Oh yeah, we we really got a real picture of what was it was like to be in the war, and uh, wow, it, it was she's a very good interviewer. And of course, uh, General Richard uh, R- uh, Romer uh, to uh, to stand corrected, obviously. Um, thank you very much, Barry, in, ter- in North York, for uh, for your thoughts and sharing with us here on Remembrance Day, twenty twenty two. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Yep, you you as well. Let's go to Martha in Port Perry. Welcome, Martha. Hello, hello, Bob. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Fine, thank you. I'm actually doing a follow-up call on the gentleman that was just mentioned, 102-year-old Jack, Jack. And my goodness, I hope he's listening today. Yesterday, I heard him on the radio reading from his diary and talking about the, the trek that they all made. Um, the Canadians up the center of Italy over so many rivers that he actually named. And he talked about the bridges that they needed to cross that were being blown up in front of them and behind them and the enemies coming. And my father, our father, I have two sisters who we honored today at a ceremony here in Port Perry, won the military cross for Canada, Lieutenant Edward Healy, and he won it for building those bridges. And in, there was one in particular, but he built several bridges 
under fire, leading his men across those rivers so that those troops could get across the rivers, and then the bridges were blown up again so that the enemy could not follow. And I just thought it was a really interesting two-day juxtaposition of two lives that I think possibly intertwined, because after the Italian campaign, my father, too, was um, stationed in Holland. Well, Martha, you're uh, a proud daughter. Clearly, you can just hear that in uh, in your voice, uh, voice in the uh, vivid descriptions there of what your uh, late father did for uh, this country and for the the world. And to you and your sisters, uh, thank you for your father's contributions in an extremely difficult time that many of us only put into words, but have no clue, no clue whatsoever what they went through. Absolutely none, despite trying to say that uh, can just imagine. No, you can't. No, you can't. So um there's just no way to to properly uh, reflect that or to recognize that. But I'm obviously uh, struggling to do so, and I'm hopefully trying to uh, make a, a good enough effort to uh, to say thank you for your dad's contributions. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for what you're doing today. Thank you to Jack, and thank you to all the veterans and all of the families of the veterans. We're very lucky in this country. You got Thank that right. Much. Thank you very okay. much, Martha and Port Perry. Ron in Guelph, welcome. Yes, hello, Bob. Hi there. Uh, Hi Ron. There. Yep, go ahead, Ron. Um, well, there's a lot of other subjects, but today's Remembrance Day, so I'm going to um, mention some of my family's military history, um, dating from to the Second World War. My That other um, gentleman uh, is referring to um, the, uh, the guys in the Navy during escort duty across the North Atlantic. Well, that was particularly treacherous. My dad, like a lot of veterans, didn't want to mention a lot about the war. Right? They they didn't talk about it very much because it was a traumatic time for them. Mm-hmm. Well, anybody. Um, but um, when he did get together with somebody, he a uh, small reunion, and uh, and they talked about and the sailors back then. Um, they were escorting all the, the merchant marine ships, and uh, obviously the. Um, the German submarines would torpedo a ship and the guys would go in the water. And you might have heard this before where um, my dad and other fellows on the um, Corvettes and the, the Haida, my dad served in the Haida, um, they couldn't rescue them. They they had to keep moving um, so that the German submarines couldn't um, um, torpedo them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, my mom, um, she was ready to go overseas. She was younger than my dad. My dad managed to survive, and he did make it back. I've got my dad's second World War flag that he took down from the ship when it landed in Halifax. Mm-hmm. So um, my, I guess next, my yeah, my mom, my nephew um, served in Afghanistan. Um, he went over there, and it was a traumatic experience. How's he? He, they wanted him to come back in the Canadian Army, but he he was uh, trained as at Gagetown in the armored division, and his job was to sit on top of one of those lads. Um, you've seen them with the great big machine gun on top. Mm-hmm. Well, um, he uh, he had to go to a funeral for. I drove him out to a funeral, 
And the truth is the only reason why he talked to me about it, because it was some traumatic thing where they had great big signs on the back of the Canadian convoys, the Americans as well, saying, do not pass, do not pass, and written in Arabic. And so usually he was the last guy there, and whoever was trying to go past, and he would have to, you know, just um, around the bullets into the ground, and they would stop. But he still called them Gatling guns. Those things would fire, and I thought he was exaggerating, Bob, a thousand rounds a minute. It was just a staccato of, and he had to physically cut a car in half with the machine gun and everybody in there. And I think that's what got him. He didn't know whether there was children in there or whatever, but that was his job to make sure that car didn't pass the convoy, right? Mm-hmm. So that was his experience. He came back. They wanted him to go back and do combat duty again, and he, they wouldn't let him go back as a cook or a mechanic. No, you were trained to do what you're doing. And he came back, and he, he seems to be fine. He won't talk about it again. And my son just recently completed a couple of years ago. He was in the Royal Canadian Air Cadets. And mm-hmm. He achieved the rank of flight sergeant before he aged out. So, yeah, there's a bunch of us there. Well, I want to thank... Uh your family's contributions as well. So, Ron and Guelph, thank you for for sharing those thoughts and uh, experiences with us here today on Zuma Radio's Fight Back. You too. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's Remembrance Day is special for me because of the, I mean, I was very fortunate. And like a lot, a lot of the other um, uh, listeners there, um, my parents, obviously, I wouldn't be here without them. They both survived the war, but when my dad thinks about the guys that uh, one of his ships that he was supposed to be on got torpedoed and a lot of his um, crewmates ended up in the water. And um, Bob, and if you ended up in the water in the North Atlantic, it was just about freezing. You had 10 minutes to get out or that was it. You were done. So I'll leave you with that thought. Okay, Ron and Guelph, thank you for, uh, for sharing today. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye now. Let's go to Jim in Pickering. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. Good afternoon, Bob. Good afternoon. Uh, I wanted to comment on the um, number of people wearing poppies, and I did notice quite a few, actually, people wearing poppies. So I'm going to get to something. But I find, I think right now there's just so much going on. Most notably is the uh, war in Ukraine uh, that's going on as we speak. And you know, a lot of people, they, um, you know, don't know whether their kids are going to go to school or or not go to school, mask or not mask, or concerns at the hospital and whatever. So I was born in 1946, so I'm a leading-edge Zoomer, right? But, Bob, here's my, my comment, really. I listened to the voting turnout, and this is something that really concerns me, and I encourage a lot of people to go. So, but, you know... Under 30% of the people eligible to vote actually went to vote. And that means, and in some places it was below 25, that means that either 70 or 75% of the people didn't bother to go vote. Mm-hmm. And they even had a chance to do it online, Bob. And so I think we're just right now, 
it's with everything going on, I think a certain amount of complacency has set in as well. And maybe things, God forbid, will change and we'll realize why it is important to go out and vote. Well, maybe that change will come without uh, God forbid, as you uh, as you put it, uh, and maybe things will start changing. But that's been the case for for a few elections now, especially it seems municipally, it doesn't seem to be quote unquote sexy enough for whatever reason. Maybe yeah. the media to a degree is uh, is at fault, not giving it the same attention as, you know, federal and and provincial, even though it's the uh, municipal one, which uh, I think affects the most of us. Uh, most directly and most immediately, because otherwise it takes a while for funds to trickle down to get to uh, the municipal level to give us some of the services that uh, a lot of us seem to take for uh, for granted, or maybe services that we're not seeing as much now as we as we used to. And maybe that's something that people should think about before simply discarding or ignoring their uh, election card when it uh, when it comes at the door. I agree, Bob, but the municipal election was just the most recent example. It's also in the provincial and the federal. But municipal have been dropping, you know, consistently. Right, but it seems of the three, wouldn't you agree? That's the absolutely. I mean, if you're saying, and as you uh, correctly uh, list the numbers, it really depends in the areas that you happen to be in. But generally speaking, around that seventy, seventy-five percent are are taking a pass. Wow. So I don't know what gives you a right to to comment on what you're getting, not getting. If uh, you had a chance to do possibly something about it, I know you're whoever's listening and maybe they they took a pass on the election this year saying it it wouldn't have made a difference. But maybe if you and the others who felt the same way didn't take a pass and did vote, you might have been pleasantly surprised by what you accomplished by actually, you know, doing so. So I do. Anyway, off off my soapbox. That's the soapbox today is for you and others to get up on, not for me. My job's to merely put the soapbox there and for you to stand up on it. And uh, Jim and Pickering, thanks for doing so here on Fight Back. Thank you, Bob, for the opportunity. Okay, you're most welcome. Bob Comsick in for Libby's Nimer. You are listening to Zuma Radio's Fight Back, free for all Friday on this Remembrance Day. Bob in for Libby's Nimer, who returns on Monday. And I'll return after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer. A free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. Bob Comsick in for Libby Snymer, and let's go to Jerry in Scarborough. Thanks for calling in. It would have to happen when you're playing the last post. Oh well, these things occur, right? That's uh, <laughs> if it, if it's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong, and it did, and unfortunately, there it did. But anyway, go ahead, Jerry. Uh, one thing that in all the um, conversations I've been listening to and another thing, one thing that nobody seems to bring up is the personal conflict in combat between two combatants. When you have to face someone 
face to face and pull a trigger and you're looking at that person in the face or in his eyes and you're going to take his life. It's a whole different world to pull that trigger. Now, if that person is two blocks away, he's just a figure. He's, he's nothing. You're just shooting a shadow. But when you have to look at it in the face or if you're in a combat physical fight and you have to use your bayonet, you're taking a person's life. And I spent time in Israel. I was there during the Six-Day War, and I was on one of the north butches in, in the northern Gal- upper gallery, and I had to walk uh, a security patrol. I always had an Uzi in my hand, and luckily I never had to use it, but there have been nights where I've heard the guns go off, where they've, they've, they've come in planting bombs in the trees when, when the other people, when they're picking their fruit and stuff like that. They go to grab something and it's wired to a grenade and they're, they're gone. But to, to shoot someone face to face, it's a whole different world. It's not like shooting on a target range or shooting at something that's a long distance away. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a lot more to look a person in the eye and take his life. Uh, never been in that position. And I know I'm saying I, I can't. Never will. No, no. And I, and I, by saying I can't imagine, and I really couldn't. Um, I, I just, I know couldn't. a lot of the, I know a lot of the vets that served in the war. I, I was born at the end of, near the end of the war in 43. And, um, I served here in the, uh, 70s in the governor general horse guards. It used to be the old Denison armory on Dufferin street, which mm-hmm. they moved the they moved the units into the main into the main base up up in Downsview, and that, they sold that land now. It, now it's just a uh, commercial lot. But uh, I learned there how to use the FNC one and C two, the the uh, Sterling and the Browning nine millimeter, which were all, basically Canada uses the British armament. We don't really have our own armament. We use the same thing that England uses, and it's all good weaponry. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just hope we never have to use it again. Here, here, Jerry and Scarborough, thanks for calling up and uh, sharing that and, and putting that image in our mind, what that uh, would be like to uh, to have to face someone. And hopefully none of us uh, who've been lucky up to this point ever will. Uh, John in Florida, Brian and Caledon, we're getting to you. Please be patient, as Terry in Mississauga has been quite patient. So we're now going to welcome Terry. Go ahead. Hi. Hi, Bob, Terry. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the call. No problem. Um, I just wanted to comment on somebody who called in earlier. It was a lady, I forget her name, but she stated that she had served in the Royal Canadian Navy from, I think it was 1968 to 71. Uh, at a time of peace and, and really didn't feel comfortable with being grouped in or, or being thanked for her service. But I just want to say that, you know, I, I'm, I served in a similar, um, similar time of peace, uh, in the Canadian Navy from about 1983 to 1988 for five years. Um, and, you know, when I was younger, I, I too didn't feel like I deserved the recognition or the thanks. Um, uh, but as I've become older and I, you know, I'm working on 61 now. Uh, I'm, I'm more proud of my service, and um, it just as easily could have been a time of conflict as it was a time of peace. And, you know, I didn't sign up or join the Navy with, you know, this being just a, a nine-to-five job, and, you know, I'd go home at the end of the day. There was always the potential of having to go to war and, and fight for peace and fight for your country. So 
to the lady who called in earlier, be proud of your service. And uh, if somebody thanks you for it, thank them back for making that gesture as well. Um, it, it's something that I see more and more happening here in Canada. Um, it wasn't it wasn't always that way. And Terry, and and thank you for your service as well and your thoughts. And before we let you go, why did you just sign up? You know, a lot a lot of Canadians wouldn't take that step. What made you take yours? Well, you know, my dad served during World War II, although it be on the German side fighting the Russians on the Eastern Front. Uh, my background is Ukrainian, and strangely enough, at that time, there was concern by um uh, you know, people in Ukraine with with Russian occupa- uh, Russian occupation, and what would happen? Uh, and and I was I was inspired very much by his service. Uh, I had a friend who joined the Navy at the time, and 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 being young and somewhat naive as well, like uh, as with most of the soldiers who enlisted in World War II, um, I thought it would be adventurous. But I, I was compelled uh, and and felt uh, a need to serve. Um, you know, it was supposed to be a lifelong career, but I got married in my fourth year of service and kind of had to rethink all of that. But uh, that was my inspiration. Okay. Terry and Mississauga, diakuyu. Oh, diakuyu. Thank you. Okay. Prosha. All right. Uh, Bob Kompsikin for Libby's Nimer. And we mentioned we have someone listening from a little bit outside of our area, but obviously catching us online, I would assume. John in Florida, welcome. Hello, Bob. How are you? So did you make it through, Nicole? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no problems there. Okay, that's good. So please share your uh, story here on Remembrance Day. Well, um, in 1961, I was 17 years old, and I was too stupid to stay in school, but too smart to go to reform school. So I joined the Canadian Army, and I retired in 19... 85. But during my career, I had the most wonderful opportunity of serving with gentlemen who had served in the Second World War. They were very, very fine men, and every Remembrance Day, that's what I do. I remember those men. Is there, uh, I'm sure you get a lot of, uh, Memories that come flooding back maybe on this day, and I'm sure in between uh, this Remembrance Day and past ones, uh, you think about some or all of them at, at various different times. Uh, it pops back in your in your mind. Uh, is there one that you'd care to share with us or one that uh, seems to come back more often than some others? Well, there was a, there was a fellow that he was my boss. And his name was Dipper Lawson. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dipper was a uh, a prisoner of war in Japan. And from what I understand from him, it was not not pleasant at all. One day when I was serving, though, I saw Dipper Lawson, who who at that time was a Sergeant Major, he walked in the side door of the colonel's office. And I thought that was most strange because nobody but the colonel walked in that door. So I waited for the right time to ask him. And I said, I saw you go in the side door of the colonel's office, sir. How can that be? Oh, he said, we were prisoners of war in Japan together. So we kind of know each other. 
Well, John in Florida, hope that uh, you're well and thank you for uh, taking the time and making that uh, effort to uh, to give us a call back up here in uh, in Toronto. Is this uh, old stopping grounds for you and just uh, various things taking you down to Florida where it's time to call Florida home now? Was this ever home for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We live in London, but we have a home in Florida. Okay. And uh, we we spend we spend the winters here in Florida. Okay. But uh, those those men that I mentioned, every one of them, the least we can do is make a phone call and to tell people what wonderful people they were. Okay. Well, John, again, thank you for for doing so and uh, remembering those men that clearly had uh, an impact on you and. Uh, maybe in some small way, uh, large way, affecting you in terms of how you uh, conduct yourself. I'd uh, hazard a guess uh, that uh, those experiences definitely have. So, John, thanks for making uh, that effort. Okay, well, you're welcome. Have a nice day. Yep, you as well. Let's go to Brian in Caledon. Welcome. Sorry sorry for the long wait, Brian. Go ahead. That's okay. Not a problem. I'll I'll go as quickly as I can. No, 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 no. Go Uh, ahead. A co-worker that I had back in the 80s and 90s, uh, Stan Williams, he worked with me. He, uh, I caught him one day, Remembrance Day, after we had our moment of silence, and he was in the cleanup closet. He was bawling his eyes out. And after, you know, he settled down, I asked him, I said, he said he served on a submarine in World War II, and he and three other divers went out to plant charges in a submarine tent. And he was the only diver who made it back to the submarine. And uh, and I remember he after he said when the submarine came back to Halifax to be refitted, he didn't go back on. And the submarine went out and uh, never came back. So he lost three friends as divers and the uh, 78 members of his submarine. I always remember that and him on Remembrance Day. Well... Thanks for sharing that. And uh, if that's having an effect on you, and I can, I can hear a little bit of a struggle there to to finish that thought. We can just imagine uh, that individual, and uh, as you uh, pointed out, just how uh, it's a, an emotional time for him on a on a day like this. Uh, just anyway, just amazing, amazing yeah. the the stories we're hearing here this afternoon. And many men and women, unfortunately, couldn't go to war. My father couldn't go to war because he had an ulcer, mm-hmm. but he contributed, and I didn't find this out until a cousin of mine at my dad's funeral stood up and told me a story about my dad, and I didn't know. He worked for Viceroy Rubber Company at the time, and a lot of the Allied, these uh, radio-controlled bombs were having trouble like making their targets, so what they did was they brought a couple of these things to Viceroy Rubber Company, and my dad and some of the other guys in, in the in the department end up putting rubber all around the, the tubes and stuff because they were tube bombs back then and stuff radio controlled. And they were able to do that. And that was their contribution to the war. Well, the, your father and others uh, in their various ways made contributions that uh, uh, Canadians are, are thanking them for today. And uh, that was your father's. And... Uh, no small feat, and and thank you for that. Thank your father for that. 
Brian, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Okay, take care. You as well. Teresa in St. Catharines, welcome. Hello. Yep, go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, I'm sorry. Um, yes, I'm just calling, you know, in relationship to my family. Uh, my mother had three brothers who were uh, serving in the Royal Air Force and the Canadian Air Force. And they were killed, um, all three of them, uh, within six months of each other. And I know what a, a remarkable um, thing that she carried for all of her life, um, thinking of the loss of her brothers. And uh, I know at one point uh, they came from Ottawa to the farm when the last boy uh, was found out that he was um, uh, lost. And uh, they spoke to her, too, and told her, you know, if there's ever anything that you need, ever, you let us know and we are there for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And she lived her whole life. And as I said, I remember the pain that she carried uh, regarding the loss of her brother. Um, but when she got older, uh, she had a stroke and she could hardly speak or, and, uh, she couldn't walk. And the one thing she was able to get out was, um, call the boys. Uh, they said that they would help me call them. And she remembered that after everything that she had been through. And I just thought it was such a remarkable thing that she she, that, those words that were given to her at the time of the law. Well, they stayed with her. She held on to with such strength, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we forget about the people that were left behind, the family members, and um, how much they lost as well. They didn't lose their life, their lives in um, a particular way as the people that were serving and that were, were killed. But in other ways, they did lose such a large part of their life. No, no, absolutely. And uh, I'm sure you, uh, Teresa and St. Catharines, you've uh, been listening, I don't know, to how much of the the past hour. And in a lot of the cases with the stories we're hearing about family members and stories being shared and talking about the individuals who served and not all that much, except for the people calling up who obviously... uh, or family members, but as as far as other family members not wishing to share because it's just too traumatic and and too difficult to to go back there and and want to maybe personally share a story instead choosing to as they have a right to do to just personally reflect and remember uh, all those uh, Canadians that. Uh, obviously family members in particular, but all those other Canadians, over 118,000 who paid the uh, ultimate price for us, for you on this day. And uh, yes, Teresa, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for taking the call. Okay, Bob Comsick for Libby's Nimer. She's back on Monday. Have a good weekend. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.